Okay, so I am here with uh, 2021 Chess Dojo All-Star National Master Evan Rosenberg. Hi, Evan. Hey, David. Uh, first of all, thank you for uh, your presence in the Chess Dojo and everything you do. That's why we're here talking to you. So big thank you. It's my pleasure. Don't mention it. All right. Um, so I, you have a big event coming up this uh, weekend. But before we talk about like maybe some serious stuff, I wanted to see if I could ask one or two weird questions to just start this off somehow a little bit randomly. So let's see. Yeah, fire away. If you weren't playing chess, what would be one fun thing you could do that's not chess? Um, doing puzzles with my son. Doing puzzles with your son. Yeah. Cool. And how old is your son? He will be three in a few weeks. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Um, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty much top cuteness level there from like one to oh. three, kind of like. He, uh, yeah, he'll never cease to amaze me with the, um, the just sheer exploitation of his cuteness. <laughs> he, he knows he, it? Oh, he knows it. He is a, a clever little manipulator. Nice. Extraordinary. I've um, got I've got one of those too who's like aware that he's cute. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he I mean it's criminal what he's doing to his grandparents. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but it's uh it's a wonder to behold. As you know, I don't I don't have to tell a, a fellow a fellow dad. Yeah. And um yeah, it's great. It's great just watching him watching him grow up. Cool. And what do you like better or what did you enjoy more? The Queen's Gambit or searching for Bobby Fisher? Oh man. Um the Queen's <laughs> Gambit was was very well produced, I thought. But Searching for Bobby Fisher came out at a real seminal time for me. I actually auditioned for that movie. Okay. And was was told instantly by the casting director or whoever it was in the room that I was too blonde. Right? There's no way I could have played Josh Weiskin. I it's Sandy, sandy colored hair as a kid. <laughs> right. Absolutely no resemblance. Um however, in a, a twist of juicy irony, I ended up playing Max Pomerantz, who was the actor mm -hmm. who portrayed Josh. Yeah. And happened to be uh, a uh, relatively decent scholastic chess player yeah. in New York City. And we uh, were paired against each other um, at a, a tournament at Hunter, where I was at school. And, um, and I beat him. I can't say that I wasn't like a little smugly satisfied. Uh -huh. Being like, okay, so maybe you're the better actor, uh -huh. right? Who went on... Uh, <laughs> Uh, really, I mean, uh, I think it established a, a, a pretty uh, lengthy movie career for Max. Mm -hmm. um, but I am undefeated against him. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like you were yeah. just like a little competitively geared up for that game. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I was very resentful of his success. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, now, would you rather have won a national scholastic title over the board or as an actor? What <laughs> Would you have rather been Josh Waitzkin winning that championship, which I think in real life he didn't win, but let's say, <laughs> say would you rather have that star role in Searching for Bobby yeah. Fischer, we would all know you, or be national scholastic champion, which means a lot of us would have also known you. <laughs> right. So I I barely snuck in on the national scholastic championship uh, club fraternity, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the 12th grade uh, co-champion. Okay, so you have won it. I have would you would you trade that for Max Pomerank's role in searching for Bobby Fischer? Uh, in in a heartbeat. Okay. Uh, that just seemed like such an exciting role for a like young chess enthusiast to, to yeah. play, right? I mean, Josh yeah. Whiteskin is a fascinating guy, um, and he was a really gifted chess player. Yeah, he still is, but yeah. yeah nice now do you did you have any other forays into acting beyond that is that like was that a big part of your life were you an a, were you a child actor um so not an actor formally mm-hmm. i was a child model okay when i was uh in kindergarten i guess about five or six allegedly i have been told uh, I was walking with my mom down the street and we were stopped by an editor for the New York Times magazine who basically said, you know, we're doing a fashion shoot and we'd love your, your son to uh, participate. So you were like drop dead cute at age five. Uh, I had certain, <laughs> I had certain adorable features perhaps. Um, and yeah, I, in like 1989, like if you go back on microfiche or, you know, whatever um, form of, of media is available today, you'll find uh, five or six-year-old Evan okay. in the pages of New York Times Magazine uh, looking handsome nice. in, 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 the, in, these, uh, in, in certain threads. Cool. Uh, didn't didn't last uh-huh. uh certainly that did not come to have any surprise to me um but i did love to sing okay uh, um my family you know loved playing music and they encouraged me to play musical instruments and so i grew up with music and so um enthusiastically auditioned to be mm-hmm. in like high school musicals mm-hmm. and stuff and i loved it it was great like it, cool. that and chess were like my my things, okay. uh, as a as a high schooler, right? Yeah. As like a, an adolescent. I think being in a high school musical has a kind of like team element to it that's incredible. Um, for you know, you can't quite get it with chess in the same way. Um, right. And I imagine it's something that people on school sports teams, like that must be one of the big reasons people like, you know, baseball is not 
like sitting around in the sun watching other people throw a ball, but it's being on a team. Uh, definitely a, a strong team element uh, when you're all you know, cast in a, in a play or a musical together. Um, because everything is, um, is very organic, mm-hmm. right? like on stage. Um, and once you develop a certain chemistry with, with, with your, with a cast member, um, you, you form the ability to kind of, uh, like implicitly understand where they might want to take a, a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great. Um, nice. Yeah. It's that, uh, it's that mind meld that sometimes happens between opponents, even during a chess game where you sort of like getting so, in each other's heads yeah. at a certain point, I think, um, with like, with acting, you know, anything that, that sort of involves the, um, uh, you know, one like performing, right? Like, I think you could, you could reasonably argue that there is, there is a certain amount of, of performance involved when you play chess, maybe more so over the board than mm-hmm. online. But watch a video of Gary Casper. <laughs> of course. Right? Like that's all you need to see. Or, or right. Korchnoi. Or Korchnoi, yeah. Or Fisher, right? But these yeah. guys were like real characters. Yeah. Tall, right? They, and yeah. they had personality. Yeah. Um, and I think that most of them knew it. I think I'm really most attracted. There are people who are just stone-faced, right? But I oh, think okay. I'm most attracted to the chess of like the people where they're just like going crazy at the board. Isn't it? That's the best. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. Like there is so much humanity in watching chess games. Right. Um, yeah. Topolov uh, is also somebody like one of the best players I ever got to see live. And you can just see him just like working and like changing colors. And like right? it's like his whole body um, is steaming chess. Ivanchuk, okay, yeah. embodies like that similar quality <laughs> where he like it is whatever the um, the the opposite of a poker face is. Yeah, where you are just you are just revealing everything. Everything. Um, yeah. but he, it's uh, you know, it's no coincidence, right? That like that is exactly who he is as a chess player too, right? Like he's he's a com- a completely uh, individualistic type chess player right you can't really say that his style is um is adopted from like one particular uh source of inspiration like he really Mm -hmm. does seem to just create his own stuff at the board right absolutely um now one more silly question and then we'll really really turn to chess but if you had a choice between a billion dollars and being world chess champion could you pick in a heartbeat? Yeah, I'm. I'm just that uh, much more romantic that I would absolutely forego the money to yeah. be world chess champion. Yeah, that's maybe the easiest decision I would have ever. I would ever have to make. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Magnus Carlsen might be able to translate the fame of being yeah, world champion. Magnus Carlsen might might be able to um, be able. to uh, literally double down. Yeah, and yeah. And, and claim both. But I think it would be easier for a world champion to become a billionaire than a billionaire to become a world champion of chess. 
I, I agree. So if I you had interest you, in both, it would make sense to start. Yeah. Well. If you've spent your, your life um, uh, becoming, you know, working towards the achievement of becoming a billionaire, you have probably spent little to no time studying chess. okay so let's turn to chess and um let's start with this tournament that's coming up the 2021 chess dojo all-stars we've invited four players to play against you um and uh, the idea was that these would be tough opponents um you've seen the player list uh, how, do, how does it compare with what you expected? When I told you there's going to be this event, you know, we want to do a four-on-four, invite some people. Like, di- did you think I would invite, you know, Ivanchuk or someone rated 2300? Like, what, what did you think you were getting into? Um, so I think I, I was cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. that when you said, um, you know, you would invite strong title players that you weren't... Uh, that you weren't, you know, fooling me, mm-hmm. right? Or, or, or playing, uh, playing some sort of psychological trick. Right. Um, that they would be strong titled players, uh, but you know that could mean anything, yeah. right? I mean, that could mean uh, uh, Cameron Shirazi, mm-hmm. right? That could mean, um, uh, you know, I was. One of my first thoughts was that you could, um, uh, you know, reunite me with some of the GMs I've I've been thrown into the, uh, uh, you know, gladiator arena with in the gauntlet, right? right. So maybe, some of the maybe gauntleteers, Ray, Ray Robson or yep. um, Smirnov. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Benjamin Benjamin Bach was my. Uh, uh, first person to to execute me swiftly <laughs> um so i thought it, maybe it, it could be one of them but uh i was really so um excited when i saw the list okay. when i when you revealed who who the op- the the opposing team would be um I mean, these are four like very strong players yeah right uh and i would say Right. I don't think Teddy and Casa are really maybe all that competitive anymore. I know mm-hmm. uh, Katarina just came off a very good performance you know, in the U.S. Women's Championship. And uh, I feel like Josiah must be competitive somewhat recently since I think he just earned the IM yeah. title, maybe within the last few years. Um yeah, I can tell you that Josiah and Casa are both players who have concrete aspirations towards the Grandmaster title. Yeah. So and they're definitely striving to continue improving from where they're at. Um, these are all players who I uh, can uh, can really learn from. Yeah. Right. Uh, who you know, take their, their chess playing very seriously. Yeah. And for who, you know, my learning more about them and their, uh, their styles and their, uh, decision-making process at, at the board, I think will only, uh, 
not only improve my my chances against them in our individual games, but to help inform uh, you know what I want to do to become a better chess player myself. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I know it'll be a, a great opportunity, a learning opportunity, but also um, a way for me to um, refine my preparation. You know, because I'm I'm really looking at this as a uh, a, a meaningful lead up to the IM Norm tournament in Charlotte in yeah. in December. Uh, the level I'm giving you here is kind of like the level of the toughest opponents you'll face oh, yeah. in, in a normal um, IM norm tournament. In a normal IM norm tournament, there'll be like a few players weaker than this who are also trying to become IMs, but you'll have to face probably like 50% of the field, kind of like what you're facing here should be pretty comparable. No, I, for sure. I, I kind of feel like I'm playing with house money. Okay. A little bit in that in that regard. Yeah. Now, um, let's say I'd put you up against somebody like Ray Robson in a classical game. Would you go into it like thinking you have a chance to win, or you have no chance to win, or you're just playing and you're not thinking about that? Um, h- how would you take the sort of like supposed underdog or learning? What kind of a mentality would you take into that? That's that's a really good question, and um, I think one. Uh, I have tried to to uh, sustain a frame of reference where um, if my opponents are going to prepare uh, as hard against me as I intend on on preparing, you know, as you know, as hard uh, for them, uh, then they will have. To, you know, I will have deserved to lose, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm 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 planning on you know preparing uh, intelligently and um, and comprehensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't plan on learning a, an opening I've never attempted before you know, in, mm-hmm. in the next four or five days simply because I think uh, there may be one line that is uh, uh, slightly inferior, right, that, that somebody tends tends to play. Right. Um, I'm going to stick within the confines of my own repertoire. Um, but really try to do my best to predict how they will you know respond mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so do you think like if you prepare harder and smarter or something like that that you could um you know outwork these players and actually win your games um i think that it will really uh minimize my chances of, of going astray, mm-hmm. right? A, a lot of this is just about putting myself in a position to um, avoid mistakes. Okay. Right. And uh, I think especially at a time control like this, where I really do not have a ton of experience. And I think these players do. Yeah. Um, time management is going to be critical. And the less I have to dive into the think tank, 
right, to come up with something on, on my own as opposed to something that I will uh, recognize, right, from, from work that I had done in anticipation of, of the game. Uh, that's, uh, that's a huge benefit for me. Yeah. Right. If I can get a comfortable lead on time, uh, I think that will really improve my chances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, in an I Am Norm tournament, there's often like, you know, some high rated players who are like the IMs that you're being tested against, and then some, you know, 100 points or 150 points lower rated players who are like, you know, the aspirants, the hopefuls, the norm seekers. Um, do you imagine any kind of tournament strategy when you get to your I Am Norm tournament of like trying to beat the other norm seekers and draw? the people who are already title holders or is it going to be based on white and black or is there no real strategy? You just play every move. Yeah. Um, I think I will be, uh, tempting fate a little bit if I almost like overthink it mm -hmm. to the, um, you know, as far as like who in particular I will draw, you know, who I will beat, you know, Mm -hmm. which opponent will I prearrange something with you yeah. know, and, and, who, and who do we have, who do I have to duke it out with? Yeah. I, um, I'm going to, to, to go in with the same sort of underlying philosophy that I go into all of my tournaments with, which was that I, I do not want to lose a game. Okay. Right. I don't want to lose. Right. I, you know, in my, in my, my old age, <laughs> I have learned to, <laughs> except that I'm going to play some lower rated opponents who overachieve against me and, and we will draw. Mm -hmm. Right. I think one of my, um, one of my uh, most glaring weaknesses as a chess player is a, um, a stubbornness to play too hard for a win in positions where, uh, you know, on, on principle, they are, they are equal mm -hmm. positions and should be drawn. Okay. But and maybe at some point earlier in the game, I had an edge. Right. And I can't let go of that feeling where I should have, you know, I should have been able to drive it home. Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, now, you know, I can't let it slip away. Uh, against everything that the position is dictating that I actually do. Um, I think that I am, am improving at uh, uh, refusing to listen to that, you know, to that voice. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, just know, from of, hearing you talk about yeah. it, it sounds like that's something that you've already made a lot of progress on. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm at peace drawing lower rated, opponents and mm -hmm. it's possible that some of my higher rated opponents may not be yeah right so i'll i'll benefit if they think that um you know on principle they need to beat me and if right. they push too hard um you know i'm i'm certainly okay with that <laughs> so if you have a chance to repeat positions would you do it once real quick just to just to check uh where well, they're always at. repeat right always repeat okay always repeat 
Okay, so you ascribe to that. Um, okay, uh, any any other thoughts about this particular tournament before I, I ask you sort of more generally about about chess career? But so um, I mean, there is a, a a generous prize fund at stake too. Yep. Right. Uh, which is which is tremendous. Right. Like, is it? I don't think I needed additional incentive. Mm-hmm. Yet that presents very you know, very juicy yeah. incentive. Um, we had to make sure I... that your opponents had an incentive to go all out against oh, you. Right? If yeah. we just if we just give the fat cats appearance fees, you know, then they roll into town, give you some, you know, play some equal positions no, quickly. I want these guys to be hungry too, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> um, and it matters what you described earlier, right? The conditions at these invitational tournaments, it's almost inevitable that there will be a handful of you know six or seven move draws mm-hmm. um for everybody's sake right it's it's grueling right sometimes you just you need the break you know that it uh doesn't uh diminish your your standing overall right you know the planets align i mean i've never done that but sure i hear you <laughs> right um teach their own yeah um that won't all be the case here right yeah. like it's four rounds uh, it's four rounds every, every point uh, is worth a couple hundred dollars probably absolutely <laughs> um and so uh i don't think there will be any draws agreed to in less than 30 moves yeah um you know i, I expect there to be like fighting dynamic chess which yeah. is fantastic it's the yeah. best kind we've yeah. got no anti-draw rules in place of any kind um you know what? I, I just I, I just hoped I that think, the format would do the talking. I don't know. I think in, in inherently, yeah, you won't need them. Yeah. Like it's I, there's a mutual understanding, I, I would imagine, among the players. Like we're gonna we're gonna fight this out. Um in a healthy way. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's let's move broader for a minute or two. Um so uh, you've called yourself an old man. You're younger than me, so ouch. But um, <laughs> but I you're like a, I like a year or two. Yeah, but you're not in like your first like blush of like tournament excitement, right? You're probably not aiming to be world champion. Um, you may have even had a short break from chess tournaments at some point when your kid was zero to one years old or something. I don't know or COVID. Um, what what kind of um goals or fire do you have because an i am norm tournament is not like a random tournament that shows some ambition so what's uh what's your ambition and what gave that to you uh very good question so my ambition uh which i i suppose should come as as no surprise um considering that i'm playing in an i am norm tournament would be to 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 make the i am title mm-hmm. um I have a norm from 2010, okay. uh, which basically was sort of my my competitive peak, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was a summer where I was just flying high, right? There are some moments in in life where it just feels like uh, everything is 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 coming up, Evan. Yeah. Right. Exhilarating. <laughs> and um, uh, when you're feeling 
great, right? Uh, your self-confidence skyrockets. And so that's going to, uh, to translate to your chess, right? You're going to play with uh, a, a boldness that I think um, you wouldn't otherwise allow yourself to play with. Yeah. You know, maybe, um, you know, doubt creeps in, right? Or it could be anything. But I, um, I was just in such good spirits uh, that I was just, I mean, I was, I was playing my ass off. Mm-hmm. Like I was beating IMs and GMs with regularity. Mm-hmm. And when you do that at a certain point, um, you lose this sense of intimidation that you're playing up. Yeah. Right? That you're, um, that you're competing against superiors. Instead, there was a feeling of I am among my peers here, right? right? That I belong with these guys and that I can hang with them mm-hmm. and that they should, should fear me and respect me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sort of trick yourself into like believing that for, yep. you know, for, for a little bit. And, um, and it's, uh, it's, it, it's harder for people to call your bluff than you might like give yourself credit for. Yeah. Yeah. A couple um, games can really help you believe it too. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I once actually did a completely, um, unscientific, uh, <laughs> but just sort of fun little social experiment back on, on ICC. I was friends with a, uh, a GM, who like let me borrow his account for a couple games, right? I guess I'll keep things anonymous because technically I guess that would have been sure. in any event. When you see the rating, right? That your, your rating, right? That's like attached to your identity. Yeah. You could probably argue that it, it, it gives you, I'll say a minimum of like 75 points worth of playing strength just to see just to see like man that fat rating is me yeah really <laughs> it almost it's it's this like kind of uh like imposter syndrome like hmm. uh performance enhancement right uh trick like a mind trick you can play on yourself like this is my rating I'm 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 going to play at a level that that reflects me having achieved that that rating. Do you um, think I could do that with my score sheets just like at a normal open tournament just write down David Proust 25 30 feet a when I sit down for my game? You know, uh I think it would have absolutely zero harm. Right. It's basically a placebo. Yeah. Uh but why not, right? Isn't yeah. it isn't that all about like the secret or like Napoleon Hill's like thinking real rich. Isn't it all about like just visualizing yourself having mm-hmm. done it and you'll, you'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. What I would do before like a tournament, like what, what you're getting into is I would like go and like dig up the score sheets from 2010 
and I would just like play over those games like right before my next like norm tournament and be like, yep, that's me. That's my chest. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Um, man, those games might be long gone. I don't know. I feel like the only ones that maybe were even um, uh, like published in a, in a database yeah. were my losses. Ah. Like my only losses of, of the tournament because for whatever reason, like, I wasn't on a board high enough that right. they would have recorded or, or broadcast or um, just, I think just the score sheets had to be uh, yeah. submitted to the TD mm-hmm. at the end. And like my opponents did it because they won. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I, like it really didn't matter to me yeah. about those games getting, at least at the time, right. The, those yeah. games getting published in the database or anything. So, I don't know, maybe I'll have to track down my opponents who I beat and see if, if they would, um, you know, so generously uh, unearth them. If they even had them, I'd be astonished. Right. Okay, so tell us, what made an old man decide that he wanted to chase after that IM title again? Wow. Um, so... In 2015, I started law school, right? And when I started law school and and started my law career, I had no choice but to give up chess. And uh, you know, I still really loved playing and uh, and and watching and, and learning about it, but uh, there were um, dissenters, right? At least ones who I had, uh, imagined that were saying like chess isn't serious, right? It's mm-hmm. frivolous. It's fun. It's a hobby. You know, it's, it's, it's a glorified hobby, but you have to, you know, you have to do what adults do and, and, and do something respectable. Mm-hmm. And you know, I enjoyed law school. I learned a lot. Um, I passed the bar. I was working as a lawyer. I got married. I had a son. Mm-hmm. You did lots of respectable stuff. Yeah. I, I, uh, I came really close to being, you know, someone who, uh, I guess felt satisfied in, uh, acting the way a grown up is supposed to act. Okay. Uh, even, uh, even confronting the belief that there's still some unfinished business to attend to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you could have been a grown up. I could have decided to leave chess by the wayside and focus squarely on my career and on. You know, climbing that that ladder mm-hmm. and uh, achieving professional success. But I don't think I ever would have really forgiven myself and regretted at least not um, at, at least not going for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, chess is one of those really unique things where someone like me, uh, can still try 
to accomplish something like that, right? So three uh, years of law school. Yeah. And some amount of, of working after that. How long did you not really play chess seriously? About six years. About six years. And um, uh, I, I'm at a point now where I, I need to just, I need to, to no longer um, pose the question of, so how much progress could I have made, right, in those six years? If I had just played and studied continuously, you know, where would I be today? Uh-huh. And the fact is, I can't, I, there's no, I, I can't know the answer to that question. Uh-huh. There is no answer to that question. I don't regret going to law school. I don't regret getting married and, <laughs> uh, you know, the birth of my son. Those you can say you fun. regret it, and I just won't publish that part of the I know. Interview. But you might not publish it, but it would still exist, <laughs> you know, in the, in the, uh, uh, the ether of, uh, of, of cyberspace. But also really wouldn't be true, right? Like, I think that I needed to do all those things and still come out the other side uh, without having really lost that fire, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, man, I still really, uh, I still really have a lot of passion for chess. Yeah, and uh, and like knowing that now, with I think as much certainty as I could, mm-hmm. uh, gives me that much more resolve in being like, you know what, I'm really gonna try to do this, right? Um, and. Uh, discovering a community like Chess Dojo um, and being able to to play in, in over the board tournaments again, you know, after uh, after a, a you know over year long period of essentially social isolation. Um, it's uh, it's like. It's, it's a meaningful experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think chess is a really wonderful thing. And uh, I enjoy every second uh, that I'm engaged with it as a player, as a teacher, as an observer. Um, you're always learning something from it. And, uh, and there are a lot of really, really incredible people who comprise the chess community. And I'm really lucky to have met a lot of them, right? Now who I am proud to say I'm like really close friends with. Right? Yeah. Um, did I mention I went to UTD? No. As, as an undergrad? So, so in that a really was a great place for chess. In a, right? In a really roundabout way. Um, I ended up at UTD. Uh, I was a freshman at NYU. Okay. My first week of class was September 11, 2001. And uh, New York City, I think, was the last place on earth anybody would want to be at that time. Yeah. And I was, uh, you know, I was like right there. Um, and I didn't want to be in New York City anymore. And as as luck would have it, Alexi Root, you probably remember, yeah, was one of the um, uh, directors of their chess program. 
had reached out to me because the prior year I had won the grade nationals in Orlando and basically uh, extended an invitation to come visit because they wanted to recruit me. And I was like, well, how about that? Like, this is my, uh, this is my ticket out of New York city. Right. Just what you were looking for. It's, it's, it's what I desperately needed. Mm -hmm. Um, New York city was not a healthy place to be in at that time. (coughs) And I was really lucky that UTD kind of, uh, it gave me that that chance. Nice. Uh, Are you in New York City now? I am. I okay. am. I consider so my my years at UTD to be my study abroad program. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my that was my experience. You know, in a in a a, a foreign uh-huh. uh, area, right? You I broadened mean, me, your cultural horizons. I mean, even even North Texas, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I was I was probably the first New Yorker a lot of people who you know, a lot of my my colleagues at utd had ever met okay like me me and dimitri schneider i think like the only new yorkers that they had ever right met. yeah cool um but there was it was it, it was great in that i was a like fair to middling chess player surrounded by some of the greatest chess minds of the time yeah and would just stand there and just shut my mouth and just listen to everything that they had to say. And I'd like to think that just through a little bit of osmosis, yeah, it made me a better chess player. And I didn't, I didn't make master when I was at UTD. I think it took a few years for everything that I was exposed to, to like incubate. And then I actually, I was at grad school at NYU. Mm-hmm. And I was playing on NYU's team in the Pan Ams. Uh, and this was in, I think, 08. Um, and I like just started playing really well. Uh, and that's when I, that's when I broke 2200. It was as a grad student at NYU, not a, as an undergrad UTD. What, were um, you, what were you studying? I was studying teaching, actually. I was okay. in like a... Uh, a teacher training program okay uh, super yeah and so i what was the goal with the teacher training program the goal of the teacher training program was to basically I mean for you right but it was to present myself as the most qualified chess teacher like among the uh you know the the community of, of chess teachers right right I mean, so it was going to fit in with your chess passion you're going to say now i understand teaching in a formal way that few chess players do so you can right. do i knew that it would make me a, a more effective chess teacher for sure yeah. i also knew that it was uh, equally important to understand how people learn effectively mm-hmm. right and how a really um really good teacher can can scaffold instruction mm-hmm. can individualize the content and can uh, appreciate the fact that that progress right and that measuring proficiency uh, uh, isn't on like a standardized zero to a hundred scale right 
everybody mm-hmm. starts at their own spot along yeah. that continuum. And it takes a good teacher to recognize uh, when progress has been achieved, right? Not perfection, right? Not a hundred because your student may be starting out at 45, right? Not at 95. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can get them from 45 to 55, that's huge. In some ways, that may be better than getting a student from 95 to 100. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that I think was really helpful for me as a teacher. And I think also really humbling for me as a player in knowing that I, I really have to kind of measure my expectations uh, a, a little bit and, and not be so consumed by, by rating point right by gains and, and, and deficits. And, um, that, uh, you know, sometimes you will only discover that you've learned something, uh, when you least expect it, right. That it, yeah. it's not going to happen overnight, but you will have these Eureka aha moments. Yeah. Now you're also yeah. teaching chess now, right? In addition to having a renaissance of playing, you're also teaching chess. That's correct. Um, uh, is that also an important ambition for you right now? Like becoming a better player is, is teaching something that you currently want to do long-term. Is that an important piece of your life? Uh, definitely. Uh, teaching is, is, is the most gratifying thing uh, that I do. And I, I think teaching as a profession is, is one of the most gratifying. Um, uh, I think teachers have, have historically um, you know, gotten short shrift. Right? Like, oh, summer's off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Day, you know, your day is over when the school bell rings and the kids are dismissed, right? And for right. a lot of teachers, that's when your day is just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you want to be a really good teacher, you have to prepare yeah. a lot, a, a lot. lot. Um, and you have to like really know your students. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of chess teachers um, who think that it can be easy mm-hmm. and who uh, don't really care, I think, as much as they could. And for them, it's more about like volume mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, really like delivering a quality service. Right. And, Which is uh, crazy because you've learned how to teach in a classroom, I presume, with like 20 people there. And so you're like wishing that you could indiv- individualize and thinking, how much can I yeah. do to like within a group of 20 to individualize this or that? most chess lessons are taught as private lessons and you still get someone just sort of slapping something on a student that they've done with someone else. You're like, this yeah. is your opportunity to individualize. Chess, um, chess is one of those things where you can be uh, blessed with uh, exponential talent and skill in that area, but be completely incompetent at like sharing that with anybody. Mm-hmm. Or like explaining how you do it, or yeah. um, uh, you know, guiding somebody else in like in their own improvement. Yeah, right. Um, and that's not uh, a, a flaw or anything. It's just um, 
their their being uh, extraordinary uh, doesn't translate to to teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, other individuals who maybe uh, were not among the best of the best, but were very good, uh, and also happened to be uh, magnificent teachers. Right, so probably the the easiest um, uh, example to provide would be Dubretsky. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody ever tapped Dubretsky as like a world championship candidate. Right, but right. no one could argue that he is among the 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 you know Mount Rushmore occupants of of, oh, of okay. chess teachers. Right, it's yeah. probably like him, Botvinnik, and. You know, and and Pruis and 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 uh, uh, and Wiramontre, right? Like, uh-huh. Do that. Um, uh, so, I guess it's nice to know that you know there were people who sort of pioneered that that uh, that role, mm-hmm. right? Where. Um, there is a a uh, a really marvelous niche like within chess teaching to be you can still aspire to be like a very strong player not world champion but a mm-hmm. very strong competent player and also be uh a a a really skilled teacher right yeah um and i think even now too where like professional chess has uh, has gone you know you can be more than just a teacher right you can still be like a member of somebody's team uh either as like a second yeah someone who does opening prep someone who's like a training partner right right but the um what you need uh assembled to be world champion or to be elite um, appears to be a, a group of people around you, yeah, who are who are really good at what they do, yeah. right, and who are probably smarter than you in a lot of ways. <laughs> that may not, you know, not, maybe yeah. not the actual like chess playing part, right? But who 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 can who can do certain things, um, you know, more more effectively, or more, um, you know, more swiftly than than you can. And who it, you will benefit from having them around, yeah. Know? And um, you know, I feel that way. I I don't think ten years ago I was surrounding myself with the right people where I actually could have facilitated a major push. Um, and that would have been to my detriment, you know. And now, yes, it's many years later, but I think that I'm. Uh, sensible enough to know that this isn't something I, I plan on uh, uh, excluding other people from, right? This is a process that I very much want to be like transparent. And I, I would love for, you know, as many people to come along for the ride as, as, as they please. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a, it's a fun thing to be able to share, right? Cause it's, it, there will be ups and downs. Yeah. It's not going to, right? It's not going to just be, oh, uh, 
and then you know Evan made I am and lived happily ever after. Yeah, I I feel like yeah. chess is all ups and downs. It's just it's such it a <laughs> it's 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 brutal, right? Yeah. And it pulls you in all these different emotional directions. <clears throat> and my wife is a social worker, and um, and the, like a therapist. Uh-huh. And I told her that she would uh, make a fortune just parking herself at any chess tournament and just like offering to be like a uh, a, a soundboard yeah. for uh, people who just suffered like a, uh, a heart-wrenching, you know, time-consuming loss, right? And like, need someone to talk to. Someone just who can just like, who can just like urgently put a person back together. <laughs> you just lost. You've got an hour. You're in a you're in a town far from your home, mm-hmm. living in a hotel. Right. You're tired. Can someone put me back together in 45 minutes? Someone who can come as close to that, like as is like realistically possible. Right? Yeah. Someone who who can lend some perspective. And just can remind you that chess is hard, right? And that uh, not every game is going to go your way, but that what matters most is how you recover, right? And how you can pick yourself up after a particularly bad loss and, like, go out there and play again. Like, there are few pursuits in life, I think, that resemble that sort of courage in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Chess can be a pretty vulnerable thing. Yeah. Um, where you know, you kind of put your uh, you know, your 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 own identity on the line. Uh, or like if you lose a game, it's somehow a uh, you know a like personal strike against you. And it's uh, all out in the opening, in, in the open, right? Everybody right. sees anything you do wrong. And especially now, right? Yeah. Especially when... You Within can, seconds. I mean, I can only imagine, I mean, the number of times you see somebody tweet out their latest brilliance, right? Somebody's on the other side of that, of that brilliance, yeah. right? And it probably doesn't feel all that great to look and be like, oh, right. cool, somebody published my, like, yeah really gut-wrenching loss and 37 people just liked it yeah or like responded with like you know gifts of something going up into flames like (laughs) oh man like how could he make such a you know such a (laughs) idiotic blunder right um right uh i think that it would have been harder to persevere in like scholastic chess if that was the uh Right, I don't. Yeah. And even scholastic players now, they are like aware of the social media. The games are out there on like platforms live sometimes. Yeah, uh, it yeah. really does. I think set people's expectations too high. Yeah. Right, because you, you can you can uh, give this this illusion of like perpetual success, right? Just constant victories because mm-hmm. you're never. Uh, never announcing your losses, never announcing your mistakes. And um, it really should be the complete opposite, right? Because that's 
the only stuff you learn from. Yeah. The only stuff you learn from is the hard, painful stuff. Yeah. Um, and there are some people who post that too. And, and it's, and you know, it's important that they do. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to say anybody by name, but thank you to those who do. And mm -hmm. I encourage them to continue to do it. And I'll try yeah. it. I try to do it and yeah. more people should try to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's midnight where you are right now. Yeah. And the point of this, you know, all-star thing was, was to thank you, not work you to the bone. So, um, we should wrap this up in a moment or two, but I'm curious if you have any like concrete ambition as a teacher, the way like making I am is like a clear ambition as a player. It's a great question. Um, so, um, I do have ambition as a teacher. Um, I would re I think inspired by what I've, um, you know, by what I've participated in and, and witnessed as, as a part of the dojo community, I really would love to see, um, adult improvers who have not competed in an over the board tournament ever, uh, to, you know, once, uh, it is, you know, safe and, uh, and feasible to do so to be able to organize a tournament, you know, specifically for that group, mm -hmm. um, to play over the board and, uh, for, you know, older chess enthusiasts to, uh, be given the opportunity to be tournament chess players mm -hmm. and uh, to, you know, to, to be able to, to, to say that they've, um, that, that, that they've graduated, right. To, mm -hmm. to like a, 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 a rated, you know, like competitive chess playing level. And, you know, and, and like they're good enough that they've earned that mm -hmm. and that they're serious. I love teaching kids and I hope I continue teaching kids forever. Yeah. But to have a student who, you know, is, is entirely self-motivated, right. Who isn't the parent, yeah. like, right. The overzealous parent of a, of a kid who just really wants them to have the most padded extracurricular resume that they can. Right. I mean, these are people who like will will do their best to like squeeze in chess time to their otherwise busy day and um it's really cool for me you know uh to help to help them reach that goal mm -hmm. um and uh you know scholastic chess is going to be around forever but i i feel like there is not as much attention paid to um really uh, embracing the like adult Im uh, improver uh, population right that demographic yeah and to and to let them know like that there's absolutely a place for them right in the tournament chess world and mm -hmm. then you know we're happy to have them and, right uh, so yeah. you'd make a safe space for them no underrated kids at this tournament you'd organize for them exactly yeah 
that's probably really the, the 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 meaning like the real meaning behind this is just to keep the like brilliant wonder kids right, right. who would just smash us all like just keep yeah. them keep them a safe yeah. distance away right yeah yeah you guys have had your accolades stop hurting us for one weekend right. yeah exactly like, <laughs> they they must have you know math homework or something to finish right awesome like, yeah leave us leave us be well thank you evan for uh your passion for the chess community for the adult improvers for your fellow peers and and players here and uh real quick which dojo all-star is going to do best in this tournament against the uh oh man players? um they're all very good uh yes sophie sophie's so good alexa i thought played uh extremely well in the mega rapid yeah and withdrew prematurely yeah um i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and say alexa okay alexa seems really strong to me i've taught him a couple lessons i've played against yeah. him and yeah. uh like, like really good and i feel yeah. almost like is like a wild animal in a way that like hasn't like really properly been taught but has so much natural talent yeah he's got fantastic calculation yeah. and i think if he played in otb tournaments like for sure he would also have the national master title yeah no so, no doubt. and yeah um, that would i mean yeah. man what i wouldn't give to watch alexa play an otb tournament that would be ferocious right. i would love i would love for this to propel him uh to that to that stage because he's uh he, he's he's definitely got the skill just needs just needs the opportunity all right well good luck to you with everything it's been a pleasure we'll talk Likewise. again soon great thanks a lot david all right good night Have a good one